Hey everyone, welcome to the All Bound Awesomeness podcast where we talk about inbound, outbound sales, marketing, all of that kind of good stuff. Uh, brought to you by Impressa Solutions. And today we are here with the fantastic John McGreevy. Uh, for those of you who don't know John, he is a freelance copywriter and email strategist who works with SaaS companies to be less boring. Uh, he is also the host of the Sassy as Fuck podcast and the Freelance Frontier live Q&As. When he's not ranting about tedious and soulless SaaS copywriting, he's probably daydreaming, playing video games with his wife, Jessie, or brewing surprisingly good kombucha. That sounds delicious. Um, thanks for being here, John. Thanks for having me on. It's lovely to be here. So um, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll jump right into it. So Primarily, it sounds like you do a lot of, of email copywriting, but word on the street is, uh, I've heard a rumor that you maybe kind of hate marketing emails. Um, can you kind of explain the, you know, what's going on there? I Yeah, I can. I do. I hate marketing emails. It's a strange um, niche to kind of pick, but that was kind of I kind of basically when I started into copywriting like two years or so ago, I um, went right. What what do I want to write? And email is one thing I didn't want to write because I get so sick of either badly written or boring or just those emails that just kind of get fired at you with no real thought. And and I just, they they annoy me so much. I unsubscribe from pretty much everything that gets in my inbox. If 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 something makes it to like three emails, they're doing surprisingly well. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to do that because I, I don't like it. And then I realized it was last year I did, um, I was like, okay, I'll have a look at email to kind of give it a chance after talking to um, Summer Aways. She's a SaaS copywriter um, that focuses on emails. And I had her on my podcast and I talked to her and I was like, okay, I'll give it a look because she seems to love it. She seems to be really good. She kind of sold me on it a bit. I joined her SaaS um, email course. And then I was like, oh, no, actually the thing I don't like is how crap they are. And so if I, if I write better emails, that's a good thing. And that's actually better. So I've kind of channeled that annoyance and that dislike, strong dislike of marketing emails into my career now, which may or may not end up being a bad decision. I dig, I dig. So let's take it back a little bit further. So what did your journey look like? How did you end up getting into to marketing and copywriting? Um, I, I don't, it was, I, before this, so I was, I spent 13 years working in tech. I was a software tester. My days were spent just looking for bugs and issues and just testing software, working with developers, working in tech companies. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I was sick of just kind of the nine to five, sick of managers, sick of annual objective setting. I was sick of making other companies money while they're going, well, we can't afford to give you another 1000 pounds. Whereas they're making sometimes millions in profit and you go, well, I'm sick of this. And so I was kind of like, the one thing I've loved doing all my life is writing. And so my wife, Jessie literally said to me like, why don't you, why don't you just write? Why don't you, you love writing? Do that. And I was kind of, not really sure. So I went and kind of did some more research and then kind of came across something that talked about copywriting and went, Oh, okay. That looks interesting. That looks really exciting actually. And then I listened to the copywriter club podcast a bit, try and get better idea of it. I ended up stumbling upon an, an episode from, um, I've forgotten his name now, which is terrible because he's, ah, so I stumbled across an episode with 
Josh Garofalo, and he talked about SaaS. I was like, oh, well, I've, I've tested SaaS products. I love tech. And that kind of ended me go, oh, well, you know, I'll be a SaaS copywriter then. And this was probably two and a half years ago. I went, I'll do that. Started doing it in my kind of free time trying to do it. And I found out that one, I was good. And two, people wanted to hire me. And so I, I kind of quit my job one day after a pretty dull and um, just generic meeting with my manager about objective setting. I was like, no, this is it. I'm, I'm not, I can't do this anymore. I've got other people that want me to write for them. Why would I keep doing this? And I quit that day and I haven't really looked back since. No, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and I really do enjoy, you know, hearing stories from people who've actually found something that they're passionate about and enjoy, particularly when you're coming from something that just was not feeding your soul mm. at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, you know, as you've been kind of immersing yourself in the world of copywriting and marketing for the past two and a half years. Um, so obviously we already talked about you not being too keen on um, marketing emails. Is there anything else that you're seeing kind of either emerging in the world of marketing or things that marketers have been doing that you're like, oh, that you maybe have uh, some words for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got to be careful not to just rant for hours because that's it, – it is – yeah, yes, yes. It's generic writing, g- generic marketing voice. Um, and you see it in every industry, but I, I work within – SaaS specifically and so i see it a lot there it feels like everyone's trying to sound like trello in 2013 that's what everyone reads like every header is like oh the ultimate solution for streamlining your team's activities i don't that tells me nothing it's just got no actual personality it's just kind of you know it's written this generic voice and and I'd, I'd get sick of that, just throwing out buzzwords and having no personality and no humor. There's no, there's no humanity in it. And so if you, if I read something and it feels like, I mean, nowadays a good test is if you read it and go, could this have been written by chat GPT? Then it's pretty soulless. And you know, AI is something that does get a good average of what people are already doing. And that's kind of what a lot of copywriters already do. They just go, right. Okay. Well, I read, this other page that sounded like this. Oh, I, I went to Notion's landing page, and so I'll just you know pretty much say what they've said, and it it's just so dull and uninspiring. And so I'll I'll find myself irrationally kind of signing up to a tool that might be subpar just by the virtue of they've got just a bit more personality or a bit more fun or don't just anything really. Even if it's not like that, even if they're like particularly stern or passionate about something, that's better than just saying the same generic stuff. So yeah, I, that, that kind of, as you can probably tell, boils my blood slightly. And it's a, I think, I don't think it's necessarily um, kind of a lack of quality. It's more just a lack of creativity and maybe an element of um, complacency in the industry. They kind of feel like they can just, you know, go through the motions and then people just sign up and maybe they don't realize that they can have a different voice and a different tone. Yeah, that's one of the things with ChatGPT and kind of this rise of AI. It's really interesting to see how, you know, the the writers who are the most scared about it are the ones who are kind of churning out a lot of the stuff that was so so soulless, that is generic, that is has the um that corporate voice. Um, you know, and 
you know, for those folks, I guess ChatGPT is is coming for their jobs. Um, but it does give every, you know, it does give folks the opportunity to start doing stuff that is going to be unique and that is going to be more, you know, better create and better encapsulate these brands that they're working for. So, speaking of AI, how have you been tapping into that? So I I I have. I, I, I like technology. I'm a, I'm, I would call myself a technologist and I, I, I'm excited about anything new that comes in. I think AI is another technology to be excited about. And I think it has its place in marketing, has its place to a writer. The place isn't writing everything, but it's a great tool. Using it for research or ideas generation, you know, even kind of sometimes like outline but they, they kind of the outlines they spit out is very much kind of again very just generic and cookie cutter and so not necessarily that as much but it's i think what it's good for is kind of finding those blind spots so if i'm writing a, ser- a series of emails or a blog posts that cover themes just putting in there all right give me an outline of this or give me ideas for this and there might be things i'll go oh i didn't think about that that's then that's really useful i guess it's you know it's it's similar to bouncing ideas off somebody else in the know. Um, but it's a bit more convenient and it kind of, you know, it scours it for you. But on the, but on the other hand, I'm, there's a reliance on AI right now that kind of, or a perceived increased reliance on AI. And I'm sure there are companies that are generating huge amounts of content with AI. And some people, you know, lots of tech bros on Twitter like to spend their days going, Oh, you could just churn out 12 blogs a week. And that'll, be amazing for your SEO. But at the same time, I think it's also going to be a bit of a, a curse for those people long term. I think that AI detection tools already exist. They're going to get better. There's going to be a bit of a back and forth. And I think that long term, you're going to look at places like Google and Bing, if you know, if you're into that kind of thing. And you'll they will eventually incorporate that stuff that will identify and filter out and deprioritize AI generated content. So even though it has its place in marketing and in content generation process, when it comes to the actual writing side of it, I think that it's going to be a bit of a poison chalice long term for people who um, rely on it for the actual writing part, which you know I, I, that's a very much long. I think I answered more questions than you asked then. <laughs> No, that was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, it's one of the things that we've seen this with some of our clients. Um, you know, we work with a lot of folks in the SaaS space and we've, you know, in a lot of tech, tech com- other kinds of tech companies. And, you know, we've had folks being like, well, why why don't you just have AI write the thing? Why do you still have hmm. writers? And it's like, well, if you'd like to have an entire blog that sounds exactly the same yeah. using information from two and a half years ago, you know, more power to you, go ahead. However, no one's going to going to read that and your bounce rate is going to be absolutely astounding after a while. You know, exactly. even in the short term, it's just not not there. It needs to be good to read. And if things aren't good to read, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. If only I could convince all of our clients and, potential <laughs> yeah. and our prospects of that. <laughs> if only we could get everyone on the same page, that would be great. Um, so what um, overall in marketing... What have you been really eyeing up? Uh, new trends that you've really been enjoying, or you know, just overall, what are what are some of the things that you're excited about? Yeah, so I kind of, you know, I think I've probably alluded to it pretty strongly already. That personality and humor, um, storytelling, those kind of the human aspects of of marketing are going to be very much, you know, that that's that's the best thing in marketing right now. Anytime there's something that feels a bit more human and feels a bit more 
self-deprecating or at least self-aware. I think that social media is a great platform for seeing that kind of stuff. You're seeing more and more accounts with, kind of, you know, TikTok's a great place. I know that a lot of people will be kind of, you know, I, I was quite resistant to TikTok. I'm 36 years old. And for a bit, I was like, hmm, I don't know. I, from what I've heard, it's just dancing teenagers and that's not for me but you know there's so much content there it's so thing and you know you see brands making effectively an advert that you want to watch it's entertaining it's engaging the people in there charismatic and that kind of content whether it's on social media on your website and your emails and your blogs is going to be like it i'm seeing more and more and it's just so good and it it means that you can be so much more selective about like the brands that you choose based on that. And you can, I think it's also, you, you see the brands that see the opportunity to stand out um, amongst their competitors. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing is, you know, I think likability is probably what it comes down to more than anything else is that if it feels like the, you like the person or like the thing they're saying, or you relate to it, then you're going to like the whole brand and you are gonna like the whole thing. It's, you know, I think, we're moving away from the days where everything is written into ge- generic. We at, you know, tech X believe this, 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 and this is what we're going to do for you. It, you know, you can actually have blogs or videos or content from the CEO or from the marketing team, or even the developers, or whatever, all these different people in the company can make honest content that is engaging and is about the people as well as just the, the company as a whole. So I like that, and that's what draws me towards things. You know, example I always give, weirdly, is Oatly, the oat milk brand, is that I went to, I think like me and my partner at the supermarket went, we're going to try oat milk. And then we looked to the wall of oat milk and went, oh, I don't know what any of this means. I don't know what's good or what's bad. And then purely because I saw a joke on the side of an Oatly carton, and it, and it looked different, it had a little cartoon, and it was just a bit you know they just they weren't taking it too seriously and you could tell a personality it made jokes about the ceo on there and it made you know it it, it had all these things that made you go oh okay I, I you know even if it's just i like the person who designed that carton that was still more than any other company had and so that's what i like to see and that's what you know we see companies doing better nowadays when they have a bit more personality to them especially newer companies that are taking more risks and showing a bit more showing a bit more personality in their content For sure. Like, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but really for thinking about like the future of marketing, at least for the near term, it really seems that there's that shift in terms of personality, more human, humanized everything, you know, having more community and all of this, you know, more people, less Mm. corporate shenanigans. Um, Because the example you gave, especially with TikTok is really great. So I... I'm about to be 42, really resistant to TikTok. And I'm like, you know what? I went down this rabbit hole. I really highly recommend spending some time there. It's so it's really engaging because you have a lot of this great user-created content. Some of it's absolutely hilarious. Some of it is really insightful. You get to have these glimpses into all of these people's lives, which is fantastic. And then, yes, you know, shuffled into it are these brand messages where it might be someone doing uh, sponsored content, um, sometimes just very subtly. Um, other times, though, it's it's just a straight up ad that I realize I'm watching this ad and I'm enjoying the ad. And then I look at the little, you know, the bottom of the screen and I'm like, I'll be damned. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you you've, kind of, got, you've got You've me. been tricked, but you also kind of have respect for it, especially working in marketing, kind of like, ah, 
fair play. I I watched that and enjoyed it, and then then realized what I was watching. Yeah, no, very very much so. Um, and some of it's really, you know, especially when it is coming from uh, entrepreneurs, from business owners, you know, someone's talking about like, this is my company, this is my product, this is what, you know, in, in a mm. very human way, like, this is why I started it, or this is what we're currently going through. Um, so, you know, etc. I'm like, geez, Louise, it's, it's, it's so compelling. And it's so engaging. Um, not that I've gone and bought anything off of TikTok yet. I, you know, I'm not, I don't know what my future holds, but um, I think for marketing, it's really this personalization of everything. And this more, this human touch is really, you know, what's going to, uh, to be the big wave. I think, it, I think you're right. I, I, you know, I don't think it's putting words in my mouth. I completely agree with what you said. I think that you mentioned community as well. And that's what you kind of do. And that's what, you know, those kind of platforms do but that's what generally brands have always done really is build a community you know the kind of the i guess the the biggest example is you know apple or android and things like that is that you have these communities of people who really have these massive biases towards something and they kind of go right i've invested in that therefore i'm staying and but you see that more if you're rooting for people and we like people more than companies if you like them and root them, then you will, you'll do more. You'll buy from them or you'll tell someone else to watch their stuff or you'll, you know, you'll, you'll share it or you'll subscribe to their Patreon. If it's a content creator, or if it's a brand, you might go and try their product or, you know, all these things, it does become a, a community because you are rooting for the people. You can't build a community in the same way when you're just around a, like just like a faceless brand. It's normally around the people that are involved and the people there. And I think that it's, it's a massive part of it. And yeah, personalization from both sides, I guess it's the, it's both content that's better for the person, but also it's per the content is personalized for the company and it's actually got people talking and people with feelings and emotions and stuff. And it's, it's more honest. And so we're more trusting, I guess, is the kind of the, the end result of it. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. It does establish so much more trust and rapport with having that actual, that actual human. And it's something that, you know, for, again, a lot of our clients really trying to push them to be able to have, you know, their business leaders, their, their sales and customer service team, their founders, et cetera, be more front and center with their marketing and do more of their stuff through, for example, their personal LinkedIn versus their brand page, because you know what? no one wants to follow, follow their brand. But, you know, if they're giving that good quality, you know, quality content and building that trust and rapport, it's going to go so much further. Mm. Yeah. It's the idea of, you know, also just giving and actually helping and, and building value as opposed to sell, sell, sell. Yes. Yeah. Val value is a very good word there. It is because value means anything. It's either helping you or it's entertaining you or it's, you know, giving, it's giving you something, even if it's just a quick laugh or it could be something deeply helpful that that is value. And we kind of, we inherently trust people more and like people more and are going to listen to people more if they've given us that. Yeah, no, very, very true. So what do you do for your own marketing? I, um, well, <laughs> I, I think this is kind of probably applies to, from what I've seen quite a few marketers is that it's quite, I've been pretty bad. I've been pretty complacent. I've not done as much. I, I've made plans and I've started things and I deviate away and kind of my, my next step is going to be to stick to something. But I kind of, my marketing so far has been when I first started, I started a podcast, Sassy as Fuck podcast with my friend, Alex, who's a producer, um, which is convenient, by the way, starting a podcast and being friends with a producer is, Mwah! and 
I kind of thought, oh, let's do that. And I kind of didn't know why I was like, well, that could be good. And it ended up being like, that was really useful. That was really, that went really well. And I can, you know, end up a bunch of the guests ended up being clients and they've referred me and listeners have been in touch and, you know, it, it's, it's done a lot. And then since then it's been either repeat business or kind of referrals and nothing really I've done since then has really kind of generated new business. Cause I've not really done very much. It's, it's something I need to do more of. And I'm in the process of creating, you know, a lead magnet and creating some actual content on my website and, doing more things that will actually kind of, you know, giving that value, I guess, is what I need to do next. Because even though I'm I, I'm very fortunate that I'm still getting plenty of work from those referrals and from the repeat business, but, you know, that's not long-term, that's not good enough. And so, yeah, I, I, I kind of, it, it's, yeah, I think it's not good because I know that I'm not doing enough. I haven't done enough. And so I'm in the process of doing that now. And yeah, it's going to be a, I'm going to be creating more content on the website and some social videos and, uh, you know, a lead magnet. But, you know, largely speaking for the last year, nothing, which is pretty shameful to say on a, on a marketing podcast as a marketer. And I haven't, and I've been resting on my laurels. No, I, um, it's something that we struggle with, you know, and, and with our agency, we always kind of do this thing where we strive to be our own best client, but it's an effort we keep having to renew over and over again, because it's so hard to stick with it. Client work comes in, you start to prioritize that, you spend more time with sales. It's really hard to, to devote that time or to, you know, in my case, take someone and put someone in a row, be like, own this to actually treat us like a client. Um, but no, so many marketers are are so poor at that. We do a lot of work with other agencies, and sometimes we'll talk to someone. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we we you know we specialize in social media," and they haven't updated their Twitter in like three years. <laughs> and you're just like, "Oh, oh my!" Which which is um, wild. I always do the same check if someone says like, "You know, I'll I'll do your TikToks for you." I'm like, "I can, you've only got like three followers and twenty views on TikTok. I'm not sure it's the best thing, but I don't, I don't think that's actually a good reflection on their ability because you're right." And you kind of you nail on the head is that you always prioritize client work because that's got a financial short-term value to it. Is that, you know, a marketing video, you, you can't really measure long-term how much you've earned from that thing. And especially when you're making it, if you wake up and you go, right, okay, I've got either this to write for a client or I'll set up my camera and record some videos. It's so easy to push that back. And that's what, you know, that's what I've done a lot. That's what, yeah, I think that's, like you said, I think it's so easy to do and it's kind of an irony of marketing that, yeah, often marketers are terrible at marketing themselves whereas sometimes you'll see kind of solopreneurs who've got this like one like tech company they've created by themselves and it's a one-person shop and they're creating all these videos and they're doing this marketing stuff. I'm like, oh, they, they should not have the time to do that and they're doing more than I'm doing so I should probably sort my shit out. You know, when I see folks who are doing all of the things, I just kind of picture them just subsiding on caffeine and a complete yeah. lack of sleep. And it's like, I want better for myself, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I like having hobbies. I like being able to stop in the evening and playing video games or going for a walk or any of that stuff. But I feel like, yeah, there's an element of, they seem to just be on 24-7 and fair play to them, especially ones that are doing well. But you look at the ones that are doing the same effort and not getting as far and feel like, oh, that... That would kill me, I think, just to work that hard and then go, nah, no one's no one's signed up still. Yeah, yeah, no, that would 
mm, that would not be a good feeling. If that's a, if that's you, for anyone listening to this, I'm sorry. Talk to us. We we yeah. we can help you. We can help. Um, <laughs> did you know that I'm an author? That's right. I have a new book out, The Inbound Marketing Machine. Unlock the secrets to B2B marketing strategies that convert. While marketing teams struggle to agree on what strategy actually looks like, this book gives you a holistic framework for content creation and distribution that converts more contacts, nurtures more leads, and benefits the bottom line. Get your copy exclusively on Amazon. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can read it for free today. So, but you are doing, you know, your podcast, Sassy as Fuck. Um, Tell me a little more about it. Um, Yeah, so it it came from me going... I'm going to be a SaaS copywriter. What next? I don't, you know, I didn't really know anyone except for just past employers. I didn't really know anyone who worked in SaaS, especially not SaaS marketing. I had no real idea. And so, and okay, I went through some ideas, thought podcasts. I like, I like podcasts. I listen to loads, but ones that I, I like, I kind of really enjoy listening to. I like that you can do it while driving or doing the dishes or whatever. You can kind of, it's more dynamic. And so, okay, I'll do that. And yeah, friend of ours is a, producer sorry hey alex how would you like to come in and produce a podcast for nothing for no money at all and for some reason he said yes and agreed to do it and he came in and it's been great we've had we had some we've had some great founders marketers copywriters on the podcast talked to um we've learned some like for me personally hearing their kind of stories and experiences has taught me more than anything else about SaaS and about SaaS marketing. Um, several of them become, I said, kind of clients, but also friends and mentors. Um, and they've been really, that's been really good. And the intros and outros tend to be just me and Alex just talking crap and making jokes and just mucking about really. I think it's quite liberating, especially at the start. And we kind of went, oh, well, no one's going to listen to this. So it doesn't matter what we say or do. And so we just kind of mucked around and made jokes. And I got to a point where people were starting to listen and the podcast and the episodes were getting longer and longer. We thought, okay, we better rein that in a bit. But it, it's, you know, it's good informal interviews with experts around SaaS and marketing. And, you know, as, as a marketing as a whole, there's some great advice in there. Um, and some great people. Not for me. The advice for me is, you know, I'm, I'm just going to sit there just in awe of the people that have agreed to come on. I've just been, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, so that's going to be really a lot, lot of kind of advice, a lot of interviews, lots of chat. And, you know, it's, and it's the review I get the most is it's surprisingly funny for a SAS podcast, which I'll take. I will take that yeah. any day of the week. Although I did realize that calling it sassy as fuck, which was named because it just made me laugh one day. Look, that's a funny name is was a terrible choice because some things just won't show it because it's got excuse it's got it's got asterisks to mask the swearing to a degree it gets censored by that search engines can't find it certain search engines bring back very inappropriate results um <laughs> and yeah, yeah so it, that was a bad choice the name was a bad choice but overall it's been a it's been a very good experience and it's been very very fun for me so how do you select your guests um it's been all the same except one so mostly i just go that person's interesting i would love to talk to them and so i'll just message them and hope for the best and surprisingly pretty much everyone i've messaged has said yes it's been amazing i kind of i was i was expecting a lot of 
blockings or who are you? But people, yeah, people tend to be lovely. People willing to take the time. And so they said, yes, they, they came on and they were great interviews. One time we accepted basically a VA got in touch going, look, this CEO or this person wants to be on your podcast. Can they come on and have a chat? And so we went, oh, that's cool. That's easier for us. We don't have to search them out. They just come to us. And we said yes, and we should not have said yes, because this is a guy that clearly was, you know, he, he, he was knowledgeable enough, but he was disinterested. He wasn't excited to be there. He clearly had like a calendar full of these things, and he was just trying to get through it for exposure and he just didn't really care. He didn't really want, he didn't want to be there. He wasn't, you know, the person that we kind of went, that's that guy's cool. We'd love to have him talk to him. And so, yeah, every time like we tried to bring in humor or a bit of fun or entertaining questions, the, the answers were largely like, ah, nah, yeah. You know, it, it was that's a bit brutal. disappointing. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a bit painful. And so, yeah, kind of our policy is now remain that we will hand select and hand invite the people that we want on there because we just, we just, that was too painful. And also those invite, those people who reach out about that are always, I think maybe except one, we've had probably about 30 of these and all but one have been for like, here's a middle-aged straight white male CEO. Talk to him about all the great things he's done. Like, I don't, that's, it's pretty dull. Like there's enough of those out there already. There's enough things. And, you know, speaking as a, as a white male myself, I, I just kind of feel like just sitting there and just kind of having, giving more of a um, platform to somebody who's already got enough of a platform sometimes feels a bit, especially when they're not especially entertaining or especially happy to be there. So yeah, we kind of handpick them based on who we find interesting, who we've got, you know, a story to tell effectively and things want to want to have a chat with. No, that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, except for that that one experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, that sounds lovely. No, it's a uh, you know it, it's it's hard. So it's sometimes it's really hard starting guests. So like you know we my my team and I have looked at people in our network and folks that we really enjoy who put out the kind of content that we we we've really connected with and enjoy talking about. But you know at the same time, yeah, it's really it's hard because we want to make sure that we're giving a platform to people who have unique takes and have mm. you know diverse viewpoints and have something exciting to say. Because yeah, you, my um, one of the things you know my my husband's pointed out, and, and you know he's a white guy, has been like you just see like video after video of like middle aged white guys saying the exact same thing in almost the exact same way. Yeah, and it's like oh, we just you need something little little fresher. Yeah, and you, you know. You can't just avoid it, but you can make an effort to have an element of diversity, not in just diversity of whether it's, you know, the sexuality or skin color, whatever it is, but also diversity of opinion and of a diversity yeah. of experience. And, you know, I'm not that interested in just well-educated person with rich parents successfully starts a company. That's not an interesting story to me. And I'm I'm not kind of, saying they shouldn't have that success but also it's not for me it's about interesting conversations i listen to podcasts about interesting conversations and i want to have interesting conversations on our podcast and that's what we're going to be focused on and yeah it's when when you your your husband's absolutely right there are so many of people just saying the same things over and over again in just the, the same ways and it's just 
two people looking the same, talking to each other, agreeing with each other, like, okay, this, I don't need to be here then. This is good for you guys, but I'm going to, I'm going to shoot off. Yeah. You know, and you, you touched on something, something in there that I think is, you know, kind of really important. Just mentioning this off the cuff with, you know, marketing, there's a lot of folks who are talking about this stuff and they've had, you know, all of the privilege in the world or they've had certain advantages. And then they're talking about, oh, you can do it too. You can be just like me or you can, and it's like ignoring all of the secret sauce, all of the special things. And you're like, you just need to follow these three easy tips, but also you need to be, be well-funded and you need to open to this certain school and you need to know these people. And, you know, you just need to get lucky and end up running into the right person at the right time at, you know, South by Southwest. And you have to have all these things happen, but you know, we'll ignore that. You just need to follow these three easy steps and then money. Yeah. Ignore all the privilege that's behind it, which, you know, I know we all have varying degrees of privilege, but it's, it's, yeah, that certain times someone says something and I go, Paul, that, wow, you've, you really missed a massive part there, in which case you had the money to quit your job and start a business and hire people. That's, that's a bit that not many people have. And you're saying as if that's like the easy step one. And it's, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit frustrating. It's also something that for me, because I've kind of been invited on a few podcasts and not, not loads. I'm not saying people just banging on my door. People are more interested in being on the podcast than having me on theirs. But at the same time, I've turned a few down based on the fact that I just kind of, I find myself being like, I don't want to be just another, another of those same faces. Like just, oh, just another English white guy with opinions. And so I've had to kind of, I get kind of really torn about it and I got to put it off and, until kind of until you know, this one getting invited to a podcast. Oh, that looks like a, a you know a, a podcast that's focused on things I can add genuine value to, and so it's doing it. Whereas you know I, I didn't I I never want to be just another person just saying the same thing over and over again that somebody already knows because that's the thing that you see all over social media and podcasts and everything. Just you know, I'm going to say stuff that everyone in the audience already knows and agrees with, so that I look better, and it's trying to avoid that where possible. Um, no, it, it's, yeah, that various differing viewpoints and opinions are important, but also if it helps, your opinions are fantastic. You can keep, Thank keep you. bringing them. <laughs> You're absolutely fantastic. So um, in terms of your podcast, how has this impacted your business? And I'm asking because, you know, obviously at my agency has started a podcast and it's something mm. we've recommended for a lot of other folks. And I'm like, it's, benef- it's beneficial. It helps. How has it helped you? It's uh- Right now, I would be back in my job in tech miserable if I didn't start my podcast. And I kind of know that, you know, not because it as a fact, because things can change. But at the same time, looking back, that is the one thing that has made the biggest difference is, you know, if I can trace back, I think, 96-ish percent of my income to the podcast, either through somebody hearing it or more often it was people who are guests referring me or hiring me or things like that. It's become it isn't just kind of a content tool and a way of broadcasting. It's also great for networking, which is what I kind of found out is that you don't meet the same people. You know, there's a good chance that me and you wouldn't be talking or know each other right now if it wasn't for your podcast. And so now you kind of, you've met another interesting person and that's kind of the the process that I kind of found is that it really helped me to kind of, grow my network as well as understanding so much more and learning from the people you have on hosting a podcast is great because you can ask a question and just listen to someone interesting talk for ages 
I, that that is much easier than like this right now. Just the constant panic in the back of my head, going, "Don't say something wrong," because you're the one that's got to talk. You've got the one that's got to kind of fill more of the time by answering questions. And also, I don't want to be. I've had that before, where if you ask a question, I just give like a three word answer, and you're like, "Oh no, this is going to be <laughs> a six minute long podcast episode." I get very aware of it. And so hosting it is great because you can just learn from people, listen, hear great stories, surprise people. It's something that not everyone likes about my podcast until afterwards that I don't tell people in advance what the questions are or the topics to cover. I don't even really ask them what they want to cover. I kind of just research them and then surprise them. I give them the room to talk about what they want to talk about. But at the same time, I do that, which is, yeah, some people don't like it as much and like it's a bit less... Um, but it's but it does kind of have its pros and cons in that you kind of you get some quite surprising moments and some quite um vulnerable takes really you get kind of you, you see somebody more and you know I, I i like like this chat you kind of go different directions and that you can then see more of a person and so you get to know people and learn so much more than you kind of do from like a blog post where if they were writing a blog post about this topic they'd probably edit it out most of the stuff I rambled about today probably wouldn't make it to a final edit of a blog post or an email. Cause I'll be like, well, that's just rambling nonsense. That's just not good. They won't care about this. Whereas I think for me, the good stuff is in the middle. It's in between. It's those nuances in between the kind of the big points. And that's what you get from the podcast. And so I, yeah, the, the learning and the networking side has just been great. And it's just been, yeah, it, it, it changed. It, it was the, the foundation, the launching pad the launching pad probably for kind of the whole the whole career for me I, I love it so this is another thing where i wish i had like you know a little place where i could highlight this like clients listen to this look how valuable <laughs> this is but no it's really one of the things you said is really true it's those little bits and pieces in between that maybe would end up on the cutting room floor otherwise that add so much more color and texture and context that really allow you to get to the heart of some of these things and why some of these recommendations are being made and why some of these things are important mm. um no it's it's absolutely it's not, and again, going back to that more that more human connection, um, you know, you don't end up getting with that, you know, super sharp, you know, brief writing that's going to get to, you know, cut to the quick. It's it's real. Yeah, it's it's real, and it's got personality, and it's got things, and it's and also for me, it's kind of I hate the sales side of things. Like I, I like marketing, I don't like sales, and obviously there's the, you know, talking about all bound as a we're looking at it is that for me. I always want people coming to me. I never want to be kind of going, Hey, sorry, I don't mean to disturb you. I know you've just turned to LinkedIn and didn't want a stranger messaging you or in your inbox or whatever it is. I get really resistant to that. I don't like it. I kind of, you know, I, I think done well, it can be done in a very kind of respectful way, but I think that it's so done so often in a way that doesn't respect people's time or their situation. And so I kind of, I'm resistant to that. And actually it was um, the book Anti-Cell by Steve Morgan that kind of gave me this inspiration to kind of, well, I'll start a podcast then because his book talks about all these different ways you can kind of meet people and do a different approach to marketing that isn't, or a different approach to selling that isn't just bombarding people. Um, and he was actually someone, he was actually my first client like six, seven years ago, years ago. And then he wrote this book. So he's done more for me than really I should, I care to say. He's been, <laughs> after the podcast, Steve Morgan's really kind of, really kind of pushed me along. 
No, it's fantastic to have those people that you're able to, you know, I've, I've, a, I've a kind of a list of, you know, these marketing and sales mentors that, you know, um, some of them know that they've been influential and others. I'm like, I'm just going to keep taking these little gems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. So we've been chatting for a bit and, and we're, it's kind of time to wrap things up, but is there anything I missed? Is there anything that you're like, hot damn, I need to talk about this? So, I mean, the only other thing really is that I'm kind of put the, put Sassy's fuck on, on the shelf for a bit to focus on something called Freelance Frontier, which I didn't really know what it was when I first started it. I kind of got a logo made and went, that looks cool. And that was kind of it. But it's, at the moment, it's I'm doing monthly live Q&As. And the idea is to kind of, it's for freelancers to help get better and improve. And so every month we've got a live Q and a with experts talking about a certain topic to basically kind of try and give back and also create basically what I needed two, two or so years ago. It's kind of give me that confidence. So like this month we've got um, Mel Barfield and Sophie Cross talking about LinkedIn. Um, and, and we had the one last month that was about getting started and finding your first clients. And yes, yeah, so that's kind of the, the main kind of other thing outside of my copywriting. I'm, hosting these so if a freelancer's listening and they need and they're trying to improve and earn more money and you know just kind of moving along it's free it's live q a once a month and they should check that out yeah and you can register for that on eventbrite right yes that's right it's the the next event's already on there and it'll always be one for the next one but also you can follow freelance frontier on there um, and then it'll always kind of show you there the next one coming up Awesome. Um, I'd love to plug the next one, but we're running a little behind on publishing these. So I think uh, the next or next, next one. Um, so anyway, keep an eye out for, uh, for that on Eventbrite, y'all. Um, yeah, I'll post about it on Twitter. It's fine. <laughs> lovely. Speaking of that, you can find uh, John on Twitter at that writer, John. Um, that's also uh, on LinkedIn as well, right? Yep. And then for those of you who maybe would like to do some business with John, uh, visit johnmccreevy.com. Um, and if you want to hear Sassy as Fuck, where can we find that? Pretty much everywhere Everywhere podcasts uh, yeah, live? Yeah, Spotify, I, um, Apple, just I think everywhere. Perfect. Um, anything else we didn't cover? I don't think so. It's been a lovely chat. Yeah, we've, we've covered a lot of ground. So again, everyone... Find John on Twitter at uh, that writer John. Um, thank you. This was this was great. Thank, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for being here, um, and everyone who is who's uh, who's listened to this. Thank you for showing up. Uh, hope to see you next time uh, here at Allbound Awesomeness. Thank you so much uh, again, John. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one. <laughs>